Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Welcome, everyone, to the BX Sports Jedi Network MMA Weekly with Austin and Chef Dan. I am Austin. This is my coach, Chef Dan. How are you doing tonight, Chef Dan? I'm doing a lot better, like a whole lot better, knowing that we have some mixed martial arts coming back to us on a Saturday. Like, it, it feels good. It just feels good knowing we're right back to where we belong. We got the punches. We got some kicks, some elbows. Yeah. It's all coming back to us. Thank you. Feels right at home now. But salute to everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us, whether that be on YouTube or on any of the podcast platforms, whether that be Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, or if you join us on LinkedIn, thank you guys so much for joining us. Definitely appreciate where you guys are tuning in and watching us or listening to us. We appreciate the love and support from everyone. And and I know, and I'm glad that MMA is back this upcoming weekend. I know normally we do this Monday, but because the Rangers are having Game 7 tomorrow, we're doing it today. So shout out to the Rangers. Hopefully we win Game 7. If you're, you know, we are for Ranger, you know, we're for the Rangers. No, no offense to any Carolina Hurricane fans watching the show, potentially. I mean, no offense, but kind of all the offense. We're trying <laughs> to eliminate you guys and end your season short. So, no offense, but all the offense. All the yeah, offense. Let's yeah. go, Rangers. Go, Rangers, no yeah. In NY. Let's go. That's right. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night, you'll, you'll see the on the channel. You'll see the break, the live stream with Chef Dan, my dad Kevin, and possibly Michael Caputo. But yeah, that's definitely tomorrow at eight o'clock. But um, yeah, we got MMA to talk about. There was none, um, no MMA this past week. All the major MMA organizations took a 
the week off for reception of KSW in Poland. But there was some big time boxing last night, if I'm mistaken, right, Chef Dan? Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, in the main event, Javante Tank Davis versus Roland, uh, Rolando Roly Romero. Javante Tank Davis wins this fight in the sixth round via uh, TKO, counter straight, uh, counter straight left. And I, man, Tank was, um, he was playing this, playing this fight methodical, very, very methodical. He got hit a couple of times. You saw that he didn't like the way he got hit. And so he played the outside a lot, uh, uh, was very patient. Romero kind of took control of the uh, ring for the most part. But then when it came time to that sixth round, like, I mean, you watched it progressively from really the fourth to the sixth round. Javante Tank Davis started to get more and more comfortable. And he started to land these counter shots that he was banking a majority of his damage to really be on. So around roughly the, the sixth round, uh, yeah, early in the sixth round, no, later in the sixth round, at roughly the 239 mark, he landed the counter uh, straight left and put Romero down and the referee was right he you know a lot of people questioned whether uh, the fight should be continued I thought otherwise I mean he, he, you kind of take enough damage and you don't want the guy to be uh, uh you know just be a walking target for Javante Tank Davis so it, you know it, it was what it was um Romero alleges that he won every round I didn't see the scorecard to really see if that was true or not well uh, you know but um he's calling for a rematch Devontae tank davis essentially laughed off the match but anything can happen but uh, a salute to Devontae tank davis that was a good performance on his part oh congratulations to him he's got another knockout victory i think he's that's like 20 and he's got a bunch of knockouts of his all his fight i think like all but two fights if he won by ko tko if i'm mistaken uh 27 and 0. The, 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 I see. I only see one decision. Okay, so all but one has been knocked out. TKO. Oh, that yeah. Shows, that shows the power he's got. That's why he's called Tank Davis. So, congratulations to him getting another victory. I guess. And yeah. yeah. That, uh, salute to Tank Davis getting another victory. Salute to him. Uh, winning in that fashion and he's in the driver's seat in as far as in his career and this is what every fighter wants to be in you can call the shots you can either continue to defend these titles or you can move up and wait and continue your conquest to be the greatest of all time so salute to tank davis so to him and we yeah we also have another fight coming up in the boxing world uh this uh, coming up week george cambosis uh, will fight against uh, Devin Haney. That's uh, going to be a main event Saturday on uh, what is that? Top Rank on ESPN. Uh, Saturday, 11 p.m. I'm looking forward to that one as well. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna watch that fight as well. You have two champions in the ring. They're looking to unify some belts, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so we got so we so we definitely continue on with um, big time boxing this this weekend with um with Haney and um, Kimbosis on ESPN on eleven o'clock. Said ten or eleven? I'm sorry, I misheard. Eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock in the East East Coast. Okay, which makes sense. Why this upcoming UFC starting at four p.m. I believe the main card is starting on. 
Makes sense why now. Yep, and uh, yeah, even though it's in the Apex, I guess they uh, do the scheduling and, and you know working with ESPN. This was the best time slot that they could get, but regardless, MMA is MMA. I'm tuning in. Right. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of that UFC event, let, we might as well just jump right in and talk about it. UFC Fight Night Vegas, um, fifty. I believe it's fifty-eight. No. I know it's no. I, know it's just, I, I, I mean, right now, what they have it for me is just a UFC Fight Night. Okay, UFC Fight Night. The main event between Alexander Volkov and Jair Rosenstroke in the heavyweight division. Both guys who I believe are coming off losses. I know Volkov's come off the loss to Tom Aspinall via his first round submission back in the UFC London card in March. And then Rosenstruke, I believe he's coming off a loss to Curtis Blades. I think that was yes. his last fight. Yes. And that was in December, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that one was a dominant, uh, uh, a dominant victory for Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, uh, we, we we went over it. Curtis Blades essentially showed that he could stand up with Yair Rosenstrick, which was surprising to us all in the fashion that he did. And then yep. when he wanted to take him down, we know what Curtis Blades can do on the ground there. Right, yes. Definitely. That was surprising considering Curtis is such a great wrestler and Rosenstrick has the kickboxing background. Seeing Rosenstrick get outstruck was pretty surprising. And this fight, this is between two guys who like to stand, stand, stand and trade, or guys that just keep it standing. As Rosenstruck of his 12 victories, he has 11 knockouts, TKOs. Alexander Volkov is 34 victories, has 22 knockouts and TKOs. If you look at the UFC poster, it shows 33 combined knockouts. So this fight's more likely going to be a lot of stand up, lot, lot, mostly on the stand up, and someone might get finished potentially in this fight, or might get decision, dominant decision. Potentially, I wouldn't say dominant decision. I'm quite fearful, especially because I feel like this. How do I say it, man? This there's a possibility that uh, uh, it, it all depends on Yair Rosenstrick for me. I'm gonna start my breakdown with that. Okay. It all depends on Yair Rosenstruck for me because if he comes in lackluster, I feel like this is gonna be a lackluster fight because what Volkov is gonna do is stand on the outside and pick him apart. And we all love the sweet science of fighting, but as far as someone on the outside picking someone apart in MMA, it's not the most exciting fight. You're kind of just waiting for bombs to go off. Now, if Yair Rosenstruck pressures Alexander Volkov, that may that may force Volkov into being a creative striker. If he's a creative striker, we're in for a treat. That's that's my breakdown for the fight. Yeah, it makes sense. Everything you just said about this fight. It, it depends what Rosenstruck shows up. If Rosenstruck is out there, it's is not um. I want now nah, phrase not the right word. Not hesitant. That's the correct word. If he's not hesitant and he's going out there and just trying, you know, trying, you know, it's going out there trying to hurt Volkov while also not being reckless. It can definitely be. It might force Volkov to change his game plan, and, it, and that could lead to an exciting fight between the two. Also for Volkov, one thing I do want. 
I think he will try to do is fight long, you know, use jab, keep distance, throw knees too if if um if Rosenstruck gets close, throw knees because Volkov is the taller fighter, he's six seven. I think Rosenstruck's like six three. You know, like Volkov's most of his fights is a taller guy. I mean, it's not many six seven guys fighting in the UFC and heavyweight division. Just to be mm-hmm. honest, he's always got a size advantage or high advantage compared to most guys. And so he's definitely expecting to try to fight long and use his, you know, keep the fight at range. Like I said, find the outside. I definitely see that. And and if for Rosenstrup, he can beat Volkov. This would be a, a big victory for Volkov because I look at his UFC run. Don't Volkov does the guys he loses to are usually like the top echelon heavyweight division. I mean, Tom Aspinall, you know, everyone's high on him, rightfully so, because he did something that no, most guys don't do. And just dominate Volkov, destroy him, which Aspinall did, which not many guys did. And obviously, it's a loss to Curtis Blaze, but Blaze didn't exactly dominate, like destroy Volkov. It was like, I mean, yeah, Blaze won the decision, but it wasn't like he destroyed him. Derek Lewis, we all know he was down. Derek Lewis was about a minute away from losing the fight before he made that comeback. And then the Zero Gone fight was, despite, despite winning four rounds, one less competitive, especially early on. So if you're Rosenstruck, this is a great way to get back in the win column, but also. You can beat Volkov. You can definitely. It definitely puts you in the upper echelon of the heavyweight division, like that top five, top six, where you're very close to fighting for a world title, like all those guys I mentioned are. And obviously, Derek Lewis is zero gone did fight for the world title. So the big opportunity for Rosenstruck and if you're Volkov, you know, get back in win column, get back near the top ten. Well, not too many. He's in the top ten. Get back near the top five, rather, to where you're right there in the title mix. And that's really what's in stake for both fighters. Winning this fight and establish themselves. As someone is still in the title mix, where they're only maybe you know two fights away from a world title fight in this heavyweight division, that's that's become a very competitive, very exciting division. I mean, with with you know Lewis, I mentioned those these two Aspinall, Blades, who are fighting in July, Zero Gone's fighting, Titan Vasa, etc. Who knows with Nganu, and then you got Stipe still around. This heavyweight division has definitely become a great, a very exciting division of a lot of names where it hasn't been that way for a while in the heavyweight division. Times. And it, and there's always the mystery of John Jones. Yes. So the the heavyweight division has most definitely been very exciting, and I, I'm excited to watch this matchup as well. But we can move on from uh, this fight over to the next fight on the uh, card, the co-main event: Dan Ige versus Mozart. Ev- uh, Evlyov, Evlyov. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so, um, all right. right. I didn't want to butcher that. All right, yeah. so this fight here in the uh, uh, featherweight division, you got to tell me, Austin, what what are you seeing here? Because I know, I know, Dan Ige has to bounce back. Yes, he's coming off the Josh Emmett loss, which, which I mean, I I thought Ige was gonna win that fight. That threw me off. I was dead wrong on my prediction. I thought he was gonna beat Emmett. I didn't think it was a good matchup for him to come back, but Emmett proved me wrong. And, a lot of people were wrong about that fight. And Ige's trying to bounce back. But it's not going to be easier going against um, Mozart Evelov, who's coming off the, the dominant, I mean, dominant victory over Hakeem um, Dudal. I think that's, I, pre- I don't hope I'm butchering his name. Hakeem Dudal. Back in UFC 263. Uh, the Voodoo. The Voodoo. I don't know why I get the Dow from. My bad. The Voodoo. Yes, and that fight, I mean, Hakeem was ranked number 15 or 14 at the time, and Mozart Edloff just dominated him with wrestling. I mean, he just took him down, 
controlled him. They didn't even pick him up and slam him at one point. And just, I mean, first in the first two rounds, he destroyed, he dominated Hakeem badly. And then the third round, when the standing, Hakeem did land a left that wobbled um, Mozart, but Mozart was able to take him down and control him in the last final minutes. So, I mean, this fight, it's going to it's gonna come down to how does Dana Ige handle the wrestling pedigree of, of Avalov, because Avalov is a master of sport in Greco-Roman wrestling, which in, in Russia, that's like the highest honor you could be, master of sport or something. You know, masters for ensemble, etc., and boxing. Yeah, he's 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 not a ensemble guy, but he's a wrestler. It kind of reminds people of like those Dagestani wrestlers, how you know they just so consistent when with the pressure and strength. That's what um most Ivlov has. And for Ige, if you can stop the takedowns or stop them or get back up from it and and have some and have a chance to keep it standing, he, you know after, after seeing his last fights with um you know Mozart's last fights. He's, he can be susceptible to getting hit, especially if he's a little bit exhausted. Especially after the, actually after you saw the first two rounds, he was doing well, but he, you know that rest, constant wrestling can get you tired. And then, you know that's it was it left Evlov um, vulnerable to get hit, which he did. And he got dropped, or oh no, he got rocked in that third round. So hopefully, Viga, you can try to do that, and maybe capitalize and try to finish him. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, but we also know Dan Ige is, uh, um, as good as his striking is, he's he's more prone to take the fight to the ground. He's more prone to take the fight to the ground, so right now what we're going to, we, I, I think the, the tale of this fight is really going to be number one. Can Dan Ige match that pressure that uh, uh, Mosvar is going to come forward with? And number two, is the striking going to hold up well enough while he's matching that pressure so that he can keep it on the uh, keep it on the feet long enough that way he dictates the uh the grappling exchange but like you said it, this is going to be a very interesting fight most far Ivanov is a very dominant grappler but dan Ige, uh, in his own right he's got some power and i'm excited to see this fight in the featherweight division me too um, and evil evil also undefeated as well also want to point that out 15 0 that, uh, yeah, uh, undefeated, uh, uh, just recently got ranked, and he's looking to move up. So we're seeing a hungry fighter versus a guy in Dan Ige who he needs to maintain his spot. Uh, we'll move on, though, from this fight over to the next fight on the card. Also in the, uh, no, excuse me, this might be in the lightweight division. No, it's, I think it's featherweight. Featherweight division? All right, Mike Trezano versus Lucas Almeida. So Lucas Almeida is uh, going, uh, moving down to the featherweight division. What, what do you see in this, uh, in this fight here, Austin? Lucas Almeida, you say it's going down, huh? Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm generally not a big fan of guys going down. Typically, usually it doesn't go well. I mean, with a few exceptions, and I do wonder what's gonna, you know, how will the weight cut affect him? Will he be slower? Would he be? Does he have more energy, or is he gonna have less energy because the weight cuts? You said uh, for um, Luke. You said it was Lucas Almeida, right? He's the one that's going down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just see if it's gonna affect him bad, badly. Considering guys who tend to go down, it doesn't. Usually, there's a higher rate of unsuccess than than success. Basically, when it comes to weight cutting, I know he's he is coming off his you know his last fight won in two minutes, three, two minutes back in a jungle fight one three in the regional scene. This is his UFC debut, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. 
He fought contender series, but that doesn't exactly count to UFC. And, and that, that one was, a, yep, uh, uh, that was also a decision loss there. But um, yeah, he's he's a grappler, so I'm, I mean, he's gonna want to take it to the ground immediately. That's gonna be his best chance. He's he's probably gonna shoot early in the first round, or that should be the game plan. There is to shoot early in the first round. Um, man. I am not. Yeah, I mean, he's got. Uh, well, I think all his fights are finishes. Or victories are finishes. He's got. Like, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm seeing right now all his victories are finishes. So he tends to finish all his victories. So look, look for his fight if uh, Almeida to win to be a finish potentially against Michael Trezano. Yeah, we'll it should definitely. It should but, most definitely go to a finish because both these guys are grapplers. And um and Trezano's come off a loss to Hakeem on um, uh, Hakeem that that well back in uh back in February, so he's looking to bounce back going against a guy who's making his UFC debut who is thirteen one. So I mean it seems like I would I would I now I see it I think I wouldn't be surprised if Luke Almeida wins if the weight cut doesn't affect him. That's if the weight cut doesn't affect him because that's the thing yeah. going down waking. Like I said, it tends to affect fighters negatively a, a lot, but also sometimes it works. I think we gotta see Saturday what happens with um, Almeida, the weight cut affects him or not, and also to get UFC jitters, making his octagon debut in the UFC, despite I mean, fighting he, Apex. I mean, looking at some of the, uh, the watching some of the tape of him, it looks like his body could take the weight cut. Okay. It looks like his body could take the weight cut, and it would be helpful. So. Who knows? We we shall see. Maybe that gives him a, a, a bit more energy to move around the ring. Okay, I guess. Yeah, that's... Okay, that makes sense. If he can take the weight cut, then yeah. Like I said, we'll see how he looks Saturday against Michael Chisano. Uh, but we can move on from that fight over to this next fight. I, I'm going to take issue with this fight here. Pollyanna... Botello versus Kareem uh, Silver. Silver. Kareem Sil Silver, yeah. Yep, in the flyweight division. Um, this is an introduction for me personally to Kareem Silver. I haven't seen any of her fights yet, so I'm going to be uh, uh, watching. It seems that she is a grappler. She tends to take a lot of her fights to the ground, so we shall see uh, uh, how that goes for her. And she's going up against uh, someone in... Pollyanna Botella, who she's a striker. Seems that a lot of her losses happen to be by grappling, so she's got to get her uh, her um her defense uh, on. Uh, she got to get a grappling defense on game. She's got that's the way her her, her uh, fight is going to be won here is through grappling defense and keeping it standing. Yeah, for me, I have not I am not familiar with Kareem Silva. This is my first time watching her fight, so. This introduction for me in terms of her, I see. I look at her resume, you know, her, her record. She's 14 wins, four losses, or or victories, or by or by finish, where it be submission or or um, TKO and KO. And so she tends to be a finisher, and and, and she's going against Paulina, uh, Buf, uh, Paulina, Buf, 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 ah, gosh, Pauliana Botello. Botello. I don't know why I can't pronounce names tonight. Pauliana Botello. Who you mentioned, a striker, and a lot of losses are by submission or do grappling exchanges. 
For her, it's going to be keep the fight on the standing at all costs. And if you get taken down, try to get up quickly. And try to get out of dangerous uh, positions. Because you don't... Especially someone against, like, Karina. I mean, Karin, she's definitely going to finish you. Like I said, our victories are my finish. Yeah, your best chances really is... You, you got to stuff all the takedowns early in the first round. You got to get back up quickly. And if you're sweaty a little, that's fine. Second and third round, that's where you're more comfortable really, you know... You know, taking gambles with with with, with the striking, right? And yeah, definitely. And Polina, this is her first fight in over a year. Her last fight was a loss was a loss back in May of 2021. So she hasn't fought in a year. So see if she's rusty or not, or if you're still will that she get octagon jitters considering her UFC debut as well. That's something to watch out for in this fight. So some unknowns that makes the fight, I guess, a little bit intriguing to see. What takes place? If any of those take, things take place, or none of it does? Yep, we shall definitely see. And we can move on from uh, that fight right there over to the next fight on the main card. The second fight on the main card: Alonzo Menafield versus Askar Mozarov. 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 Yeah. I Mozarov. That Mozarov. should be the way to pronounce it. Yes. Okay. Um, this is an introduction to all of us on the UFC, uh, uh, you know, UFC fans uh, that watch main that don't watch any of the regional scenes. Askar is basically fighting on has been fighting on the regional scenes, and a lot of his fights are finishes via TKO. And I, if there's one thing I know about Alonzo Menafield, he's gonna finish a fight via TKO. So I'm not expecting this fight to go to distance. If you're a gambling man and you're going on, you know, DraftKings, that's the premier spot to, to, you know, bet on any fight on the UFC. This fight is not going the distance. I'm betting that. Yeah, it's a good bet. That's a very good bet because Alonzo Manfield, we know a lot of his fights you mentioned by TKO and KO. Guy's a finisher. Guy likes to finish a lot of his fights. And that's why, you know, he has, I feel like watching fights of that. And, and um, Mozarov, Askar Mozarov, he's also got a lot of TKOs, finishes as well under his resume, fighting the regional scene. This is a debut. Seems like it's a common trend for this card with um, the three fights we mentioned. So making their UFC debut here. And and uh, yeah, 13 KO and TKOs for um, Mozarov. So yeah, it's probably going to be a finish. I mean, yeah. with these two. But I mean, especially, especially since they like to, you know, Especially, they like to finish their fights with KO and TKOs, and so I am interested in see like who who finishes who, what round. Does it does this go in third round? Is it gonna be a first round finish? I wouldn't be surprised at the first round finish with this fight personally. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either if it, if it was a first round finish. But I, I, I if there's one thing I know, this fight is not going the distance. Right, and right, right, exactly. And Mozarov was supposed to make his debut early in the UFC, but unfortunately, several fights got canceled, where due injuries were from him or his opponent. So he was supposed to fight last year in the UFC, but never did. So this is UFC debut. So he's been he's been training, we're waiting for the UFC debut. So it seems like maybe he might not be as you know nerve not as nervous as other fighters. Some would be in the UFC, you know, the UFC Doctor Gonzalez they call it. It depends, you know, because if, if you have a good amateur, or not amateur, excuse me, good career fighting the regional scene, maybe it doesn't affect you as much as other fighters, potentially. 
I mean, I, I always wonder like that with the Octagon Jitters because people talk about it when they make their UFC debut, how it affects them. I always been curious, like, is it is it do not? I always wonder if guys who have more fights outside UFC when they make their UFC debut tend to have less of that or not necessarily. I know it's a random question to ask, but I've just been curious. Throw my thoughts out there. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, but all those questions are going to be answered this Saturday. So uh, I'm I'm excited for this one here. This one is, don't sleep on this fight right here, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think this one is going to be fireworks. It may, may contain a potential knockout of the year. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe. I, it may be. I mean, and the crazy oh. part is, I know we were debating, I, I, I don't even want to sidetrack a little, but right. I was watching some of the... Um, knockouts of the year that happened so far ufc put out a, a compilation tape right of this yeah. year and i know we were talking about what what was the you know we were competing between the knockout of uh, uh michael chandler uh tony ferguson versus molly mccann and uh carolina uh carolina uh uh, uh dang her last was name he is I forget her last name. I know you're talking about. Yeah, Carolina. Yes. Uh, yeah, I know you're talking about. Spinning elbow from Molly McCann. She landed. Yes, right. That she uh, sends it to the shadow realm. And literally, what I forgot happened this year, due to all the excitement, you forgot it too, because we should have mentioned this. This can't be an honorable mention. This has to be like part of calculations into knockout of the year jamal hill on johnny walker yeah yeah that's right yes that's a good one jamal hill yeah that was a that was a pretty damn impressive knockout with the way walker's body fell like the way walker's body reacted to that punch it was just different crazy i i didn't even want to sidetrack from you know the card but yeah that that was a crazy knockout so I'm expecting that type of caliber of knockout potentially in this fight. It could be. I'm not banking on it, but there is a possibility for that in this fight between Alonzo Menafield and Askar Marzaroff. There's a potential for that in, in the main event as well between Volkov and Jair Rosenstruck. I'm not surprised that's a contender for knockout of the year because I expect it to be finished potentially that fight. It oh, wouldn't yeah. surprise me if, if it's potential that car with that fight. As well, want to mention that as well. The heavyweights, all right. Uh, but from right there, let's seal the deal on this main card. We uh, starting off this main card in the strawweight division Carolina Kowalkowitz versus Felice Herrick in the strawweight division. Carolina it's... is, huh? No, go ahead. This is uh, uh, I'm not even. Gonna, I you know what? I don't even want to beat around a bush. This fight might be the least exciting fight on the card. Yeah, both women tend to have just go decision in their fights, and sometimes the say doesn't doesn't mean it's boring. Sometimes it could be just they don't have the power to finish somebody, or they just don't as well. But both girls now is known for their finishing ability and could and. Kalina Kalina Kovitz, it's it's weird with her because let's not people forget she fought for the strawweight title against the only gay J check at Madison Square Garden back in the first UFC Madison Square Garden show 20, 2016. 
she fought through the title, but it's but she's been on she's had a bad she's had a bad run like not since that not since that fight but since 2018. Her last win, ironically, was against Felice Herring back in uh, April of 2018. That was her last victory. And then she's unfortunately been on a losing streak. Lost to Jessica Andrade, where Andrade sent her to the Shadow Round. I mean, if you go watch that fight, it was bad. Yeah. She lost yeah. Michelle Larson. Yeah. Now you remember, yeah. Then she lost to um, Michelle Larson after that, Alyssa Grasso's, Yan Xian, and then Jessica Penne back in August of last year. So, yeah, it's five by losing streak. It hasn't, hasn't been the hasn't been going well for her. Like, like I said, it's a woman who fought for the strawweight title back in the day. And I'm pleased hearing yourself is on a losing streak herself. Not as bad as um, Korkovitz, but still a losing streak. She's lost, I think, three in a row or two in a row. Starting right now. She's lost three in a row. It, from the Canadian Korkovitz fights and the Michelle Watson fights. And then she lost to Verena Jarobo back in August of 2020. The Cormier Stephen Milch's three card via armbar. So Harry has a fought in almost two years and be the both ladies trying to get a victory who hasn't gotten one who haven't gotten one in a while. And ironically Kolovic's last victory is against her, at least Herring, so hope I mean hopefully both women try to go up try to go out there and try to give it her all and try to get a victory. Cause, Cause I would think both women are desperate to get a victory at this point. Hopefully yeah. it, it leads to a good fight. Hopefully it does. I mean, it hopefully, but then the thing is, when you have two desperate fighters, the one thing I don't want to see is that they shoot their. The one thing I don't want to see is that they empty their gas tank all in the first round. And so the second and third round, you have lackluster striking and lackluster shots and things of that nature. That's that's what I kind of see coming down the pipeline. And, it, it, you know, this one also frustrates me, too. I'm going to talk about this fight and the other fight in referencing one of uh, one of the fights in the um, preliminaries. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, but that's the main card, and I want to get right into it. I, neither of those fights, to me, hold the candle to this fight in the preliminary. This fight should be on the main card because both these fighters are main card fighters. First fight of the night. Aaron Blanchfield versus JJ Aldridge. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that I'm surprised I found this was I didn't know this fight was happening until like this week, and let alone this on the prelims. Kind of surprising considering, well, you know, both women are doing a lot better than Kolovitz and Fleece Herring. I know those women, you know, are names that may fans may recognize them a little bit more, but still, these are two women who have. Done had better runs recently than Corbett's and Felice Herring, so I kind of get where you're coming from. Like, eight, I'm not even saying co-main event or main event. No. But main card, both of these fighters, especially Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah. She is a hot ticket that has been coming up on the UFC, and this should have been, there should have been an easy alley. I mean, this could still be an easy alley-oop. First fight of the night, main card. Uh, uh, hopefully enough people pay attention, especially coming off of a weekend where there has been no MMA. People could immediately, when as soon as the fight, as soon as this, uh, the card starts, the first thing they want to jump into is the first fight of the preliminaries. So this should be an alley-oop for both fighters. Man, this fight should immediately rise the stock of both fighters to where they should be telling Dana White, like, you messed up. Both of these fighters should have been on the main card. 
I agree. JD Alter's on three fight winning streak, and then even her her last her 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 last loss was a split decision against Sabina Mazo, so it wasn't like you know it was close. Some people thought she might won the fight, and then Blaine Street was eight and one. And I try and remember, I'm trying to see how what what win streak she's on. I know she has the victory or Maynard Maverick, but yeah, I think she's a two or three fight winning streak. Four fight, no, wait, one, two, three, four, five fight winning streak. Five fight winning streak. She got that impressive victory of Maynard Maverick, who a lot of people are high on, and we're high on too, Maynard Maverick, in terms of what she can do in the UFC. And she dominated her, Aaron Blanchfield. So watching oh, that yeah. lets you know, lets you know how good Aaron Blanchfield can be fighting from New Jersey. I think she trains in New York now, so she has that New York, New Jersey connection, but still. Very, like I said, it, these two women, they're both on a, these are both women who are on, on a roll and probably should be in the main card, you know, opening the main card, in my opinion. I'm totally with you, Chef Dan. Great point there. Yeah, um, that's, that's my biggest gripe. And I'm, the crazy part is I'm like seeing, watching every single uh, uh, fight on this card. I know there's the, the uh, uh, Menafield fight. I'm looking forward to that one. The main event, I'm looking forward to that co-main event i'm looking forward to that and this fight right here i'm very much so looking forward to this fight on the preliminaries yeah i mean my interest level in terms of fights on this entire card main event one co-main event two this, this fight between blanchfield and aldrich might could be number three yep that are the manifield fights it's toss-up for me personally yeah one three or four but it's definitely like one of the four fights i look forward to watching the most in this um ufc card and Aaron Blanchfield, I'm here's the way I've seen her all like you know in her in her two UFC fights so far, she's been consistent. So I kind of have her above Menafield because Menafield hasn't been consistent. Yeah, he's come up a loss to uh, William Knight. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, good, good point there. But yeah, puzzling decision by the UFC, and I don't get that at all. But it is what it is, as Max Holloway likes to say. Yep. Uh, is there any other fight on the preliminaries that you're very interested in yourself? Uh, I'm I'm looking right now. I'm trying to see. Um, that was the one. That that one, the Blanchfield and um, Aldridge fights. All right. Uh, so then, for me, the only two other fights that I see on the uh, preliminaries that I have great interest in. Jeff Molina versus Zaglas Zuma Zuma Zumagalov. Tough name to pronounce. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Zaglas yeah. Zumagalov. Damn. Yeah. Tough. Jeff Molina is a is he's a very uh, a interesting prospect. Very good striker. Can grapple uh, uh, very well, but he's a very good striker. Zaglas, I uh, you know I I may have watched the fight of his, but I don't remember it. Sounds familiar. His name is familiar. I don't know where, but I feel like I've seen Ah, he... The loss against Manel Cop in the first round. Oh, okay. Loss against Starboy. So he needs to uh, rebound there. That one I'm interested in. And the other one, Tony Gravely versus Johnny Munoz Jr. That one I'm interested in because I know those two guys are very good strikers. Okay, yeah. And the prelim and the main card starts at 4 p.m. ESPN Plus, and then the prelims start at 1 p.m. Eastern Time Zone this Saturday. Early start for UFC this weekend. I think Top Rank Boxing we, we mentioned earlier has something to do with that with the Campos and Haney fights. 
yeah, the, the I'm guessing the uh, preliminaries for those who start around uh, six, seven p.m. because that's about a, that that's the time that the main card will finish there. Yep, exactly. So that okay, and um, yeah, that's this Saturday. Rosa Struck and Volkov card this Saturday, four p.m. starts ESPN Plus. Looking forward to see two heavyweights, see who bounces back from their loss between Rosa Struck and um, Volkov, and also the co-main event, Ige defending his top ten spot against um. Denifier Russia and uh, Mo- Mozart Evlov. That's that's that should be a good fight. The fairways tend to have good fights, and I think these two will definitely have a good, a very good fight. Could be fight tonight potentially, I think. But then if EK is able to stop defend the takedowns, but do have success, that it's good. Like I said, it comes down to that. Most definitely. I mean, but that's the uh, main card right there. That's the preliminary fights that we're interested in. There's also, give me one moment. There's also Andreas Michaelitis versus Renat. I am going to butcher this. Renat Fekernoff. Fekernoff. Damn, man. I am butchering that. We're that butchering tough. that. Yeah, that all right. We're butchering tough. that. That fight right there is going to be in the middleweight division. We also have Benoit St. Denis versus Nicholas Stoltz. That's in the uh, welterweight division. Uh, Ode Osborne versus. I butcher it this one. Jeez, they got they got they put they put all the guys with tough names <laughs> pronounced for us English yeah. speakers on this card. You know what? That's... You know what? I need I I need I need the OG. I need the OG Bruce Buffer calling the fights, yes. announcing the fights. I need him. I, I need it because I I, w- I want to see if he butchers it at any point. I mean, Bruce Buffer says the names like a binary male don't get problems. It's, it, they say with the short the names with the short um the short names that get problems. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of short names right here. Zaruk Adashev. Zaruk Yeah, yeah, Adashev. That, that fight right there is in the flyweight division in the preliminaries. We have Damon Jackson versus Daniel Ar- uh, Ar- Argetta. That's Argetta, in the, yeah. Uh, yeah, that should be in the featherweight division. And Joe Selecki versus Alex De Silva is going to be the main uh, main fight car, uh, main fight on the preliminaries. Okay, yeah. That that like I said, that definitely that's the lineup for this UFC this Saturday on ESPN Plus. And like I said, that get, that's a lot of people of tough names pronounced for us English speakers. I mean, man, it, I mean, clear, I thought the Polish names would be hard, you know, Kalina Kol- Kolovitz, but damn, these other ones. I I tap, I give, I yes. nah. I'm I'm waiting. If if the OG Bruce Buffer is is calling this calling these fights, then. I'm watching, but I, 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 yeah, I need to see. I need to see. Regardless, I'm watching, but I need to see if Bruce Buffer butchers any of these names. If he has to retool his pronunciation between the beginning of the fight and the end of the fight, we shall see. We shall see. A lot of interesting, a lot of interesting things to see, not only during the fight, but you know, before and after the fight. MMA is back, baby. <laughs> yes, it is. MMA is back this weekend. UFC 
and I think one was supposed to do a show, but I'm not sure. But UFC's back, and, and next weekend, well, let me phrase that. After this event, the next event is the UFC 275 pay-per-view in Singapore as well. So we got pay-per-view not that far away in Southeast, in the first time the UFC is going to Southeast Asia in Singapore. So that'll be interesting. We'll break that down next week. Most definitely. Uh, they haven't, uh, I don't see any cards really released for that. But when we do get in all that information, you guys will be the first to hear from us. But, uh, but wait, about the pay per view, it starts at 10 p.m. I thought it was going to be different because of Singapore, but they're doing a typical pay per view time slot 10 p.m. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, um, but we, we definitely are going to break that down. Uh, Austin, is there anything else you want to bring up that, uh, you know, it's newsworthy. Yes, just just two things, brief things. Two fights got made that I think I just want to briefly talk about, and that's the in July 16th, which I believe is the main event of UFC Long Island. It's going to be Yair Rodriguez against Brian Ortega in the in the flyweight division. Two top five guys looking to bounce back from um, losses to Holloway for a year, and um, or and for Ortega a loss to Volkanovski for the title back in September. So that's the main event for I I believe it's gonna be the main event for UFC Long Island in um, July 16th. So that to my opinion, that's probably the year contender and over it. That's just me. Hopefully I'm right. I mean I hope I'm not wrong. I think both guys are exciting, tend to be exciting fights, and I think both guys are gonna bring it. Plus they got iron shins, so that's just my guess. That's just my pre prediction. We'll talk about it more obviously July. Most definitely. Uh, and it's the second thing you wanted to bring up. Jamal Hill is fighting Thiago Santos in August. Yes, yes, that's going to be an exciting fight as well. I, I, I I'm going to say excitement more so on Jamal Hill's Jamal Hill's part. part yes, Thiago Santos hasn't been fighting exciting fights as of recently. No, he has not. But uh, this is definitely a chance to redeem himself. Uh, something I wanted to bring up. I know. Uh, well, the news is out there. Kamaru Usman is still injured. So I believe Leon Edwards will be fighting someone else for an interim welterweight championship. Who that person is, we don't know yet. There's rumors that it could be between Kobe Covington or Hamzat Chimaev. Yeah. Those I are think, the two preeminent names that you'd have to put up there. I will say, I think those are the two guys that are, they should that come to mind. Or Kobe Leon for interim belt, or Hamzang and uh, Leon for the interim belt. It makes sense. Considering Kamara was gonna be gone for a while, and either way, it's, it makes sense either way. Whoever you put against Leon, where it be Hamza and Leon, especially since they're supposed to fights like last year, but then COVID happened for um, Hamza, or it could be Kobe or Kobe and Leon since they're two guys, two of the top guys in that weight class. So it make either way it makes sense if you do one of those two. We'll find out more oh, information yeah. about that, and I think that's if Usman's going to be out for a lot longer, definitely doing interim title fight it makes too much. It makes all the sense in the world. Most definitely, and not only that, <laughs> this is the thing, man. If even if you put if Kobe Covington wins that, and we get a trilogy, I know it's rare you get a trilogy where a guy wins two of the fights and they're going down for the third one, but <laughs> Kobe Covington and Kamara Usman once again building up a fight that'll be very fun and, and the both fights were great both fights were yeah. excellent fights and plus this look 
I mean, you can make, there's a lot, you know, some people disagree with the judging in the second fight. I know that's also a thing as well. So, either way, it makes sense. Kobe Usman 3, if Kobe were to beat Leon for the interim title. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely can't wait to find out. Um, yeah, that's it on the news uh, note on anything MMA that we uh, could think of. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the YouTube uh, platform. I see we have some comments there. Angelo, thank you so much for joining us. Angelo, I, I feel a populous. Yep. That's, I'm, yo, you, give, you guys are giving me names to butcher. Said, hey guys, close fight. Tank hit him hard and laid him out. Why do people have to be hostile after the fight? That bothers me. Cambosis will be a great fight. Chef Dan the Man, thank you. Thank you so much, Angelo. Yeah, uh, Tank hit him very, very hard. It was a close fight leading up to that sixth round. It, it was a very close fight. Uh, the, uh, you know, Romero calling for the rematch. I know a lot of people are laughing at it, but there, I, I don't see any reason for anyone to really laugh at it. It was a very close fight leading up to that sixth round. And then uh, Tank just hit him with that shot. And I see you looking forward to that Cambosis fight. So am I. I will be tuning in Saturday night for that. So thank you so much for uh, joining us. And Maria said, uh, hello, my good friends. Let's go Yankees and Rangers. Maria loves supporting all New York teams, Yankees, Rangers, Knicks. And she would love the Giants too. Thank you so much for, uh, for, for, for joining us, Maria. Shout out to you, Maria. Uh, Shout out to you, Angelo, as well. Yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us on the YouTube platform. But that's it from uh, my end there. Uh, Austin, your last words? Um, thank you guys for listening and watching us. So every, whatever you, where you're watching us, or listen to us, well, watching us live and, or watching us replay, listen to us on the podcast platforms. We appreciate love support from all of you. Thank you guys for tuning in. And also, happy Memorial Day to our Americans out there. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. So happy Memorial Day to everyone out there, especially veterans and ex, you know people with family members of veterans as well. As we, as Memorial Day is meant to honor the, the fallen, you know, our, you know, fallen military people. So shout to them and happy Memorial Day to all the Americans out there. And that's about it. Peace, everyone. Have a happy Memorial Day. Have a good day. Ladies and gentlemen, we are.